Welcome to Guarding Talkback for 2022. Greg Richard here, joined by Judy Sharp in the studio. Great to see you back, Judy. Yeah, thank you, Greg. I said to Scott, I'm senior in this group. Yep. Pushed him out the way and said, I'm going to open the year. Fair enough. Don't you think that's fair enough? Well, he lets me out the cupboard sometimes. I think that's your writer's top seed to be coming in first up of the rank. I definitely think so. After tennis, you know, here I am. (laughs) Well... Seeing that you are in charge, what do you got for us today, Judy? Well, we're in February, and of course in February, lawns start to get infested with army grubs, so we probably should deal with that. We probably get calls about that, I would imagine. Uh, House plants are starting to get scale, uh, which we'll talk about that, Uh, and uh, we'll be fertilising some plants uh, which need to be done by the end of this month. Right. So fertilising and garden grubs. Yeah, garden, oh, lawn grubs. Lawn yeah. grubs, yes. Yeah. Well, we could go one step further. I know people have got um, cockchafers in their garden. Yep. And, um, and they love being in pots. I had a lady in the other day. She was desperate. I thought she was going to cry. She just had so <laughs> many in every pot that she tried to plant. Nasty little things. And, you know, the Christmas beetles lay them. Oh, do they? Yeah. Oh, there you go. We all like Christmas beetles, but we don't like what they lay. No. No. And we've got Michelle from Cameron Park, and she's got a question about staghorns and elk horns. Oh, hi, Michelle. Both a problem. Yeah, hi, Judy. Um, just something, I've probably got half a dozen stags and elks, and I've noticed that some of my bigger ones, in particular a stag that's about 60 years old, is actually not doing so well. Can you suggest what I could do with them? Are you seeing any holes in the foliage? No, no, I've checked all that. I've checked them for ants and everything, and there's nothing. Right. Yeah, it's just not... Yeah, it's not going as good. I I don't fertilise them because I'm concerned about them dying on me. Yes, you can over-fertilise them. I wouldn't do that. Uh, Is water the problem, I suggest? No, no, I, they get regular watering. Right, OK. And they get sprayed and that with water. Yeah. Uh, look, the little black beetle that they get is right at the back. You know in, when the foliage starts to die off? Yeah. They're right in the back hiding behind there. Have you had a good look to make sure you haven't got that? Because that's a, a good age to you. You don't want to lose it. Oh, yeah, it's, it's quite a big one, the stag. Yeah. The elk horn's about 40 years old and it's about the same size. Yeah, I wonder if it's letting you know it needs to be split a bit. Oh, all right. It might don't be, get, I don't uh, know. Might be I getting don't, too on, old. <laughs> I don't know, yeah. I've, um, as I said, the stag's about 60 years old now. Um, yeah, I've just noticed that even on the fronds, I've noticed that uh, they don't stay, uh, stay nice for long either. Yeah, right. I don't know whether it's on its way out or something, but... Um, well, can so I... where are these black beetles? Where would I be looking for them? They get in behind. You know where, you know, you've got all your lovely um, uh, horns coming out the front. Yep. Uh, but that, you know, there's a big build-up of old, you know, foliage, oh, yeah, yeah. isn't it? Yep. In behind there, the black beetles can get. Okay, so what do I do if I happen to have this? Well, if you do, we have to be very careful because, you know, they can be very resistant to uh, too many chemicals. Mm. I'd be inclined just to um, uh, spray with some pyrethrum if you find any. Yeah. But the other thing is we have them at the nursery, not 60 years old, unfortunately, because I'd be making a fortune. Uh, But... uh, we, we actually water them 
yesterday twice and they're in shade. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah, I'm probably doing them twice a week and spraying them over a few times a week. So they might need more water, you think? I think need more water. Oh, Look, okay. okay, we haven't had the hottest summer that we normally have, but it has been very, very windy. And yes. the wind is drying. Michelle, mm-hmm. I think I'd go to each day and see if they pick up. Okay, then. and you, So you can't overwater them or anything? No, not at oh. all, dear. No. All right, then. Oh, well, I'll, um, no. I'll try for that. And do I need to fertilise them at any time? I don't put anything behind them at all. No. Look, they live on their own waste. Okay. Um, and, you know, um, I remember once someone told me... Um, to use poultry manure uh, when I was a lot younger. Another nurseryman told me that, actually. I won't mention any names, but um, uh, I put poultry manure on the ones we had in stock and they all burnt. Right, yeah. So, I think water, water, water is better, darling. Okay, then, well, that'll be really good. And so don't fertilise them at all? No, I wouldn't. If you want to fertilise them... I think you need to search out something that's very mild. All right. Maybe yep. a, one that you put in water and water it over and maybe make it half strength. Yep. All right, then. Well, that'll be good. Thank you. I'll give that a go. More water. More, definitely more than twice a week, that's for sure. Oh, we're, OK, then. We're on twice a day and ours are only babies. <laughs> oh, OK, yeah. They, um... I've said, yeah, I've just noticed the really big ones, more so than the smaller ones, are going off. Yeah, no, that's um, what they're, they're thirsty, darling. All right, then, well, I'll give that a go. Thank you, Judy. You're welcome, Michelle. Bye. Bye. Well, we've got Carol now from Summerland Point and her gardenias have got yellow leaves. Oh, hi, Carol. It's uh, a, hi. It's yeah. a very general thing at this time of year. Uh, right, okay. You've just finished flowering, of course. Uh, yes, and yes. while they're flowering, they use up all the iron in the soil uh, right. to create the buds. And often you find when you've actually got the blooms on that you get yellow leaves that drop off. Right, um, yes. So yeah. they probably need a good feed up with cow manure. Are they in pots or in the ground? Uh, they're in pots. Oh, okay. So we can't use that. Uh, look, I'd use uh, something neutral like bounce back. Uh, right, okay. And... Um, and then maybe you can get a product called Flourish uh, for, you know, camellias and azaleas, and that right. will have iron in it. Oh, okay. So yeah. you could water that over them regularly in pots. Oh, okay. And you can't overfeed them? Uh, no, not at all, not if you use those products. Okay. Bounce back, you think yeah. it's a better one? Well, the, the first one I mentioned, the bounce back, that's slow release, so it takes right. a while. Uh, but I right. can't let you put cow manure on the pots, darling, because no. in this heat they, they would burn. Oh, I'd burn, yeah. yeah. If they're in the ground, you'd use cow manure, you'd defini- would you? Definitely cow manure in the ground. Oh, okay. Well, thank you very much. I you, appreciate that. You're welcome, Carol. Have a good day. Thank you. Bye. Bye. And we've got Bev from Toronto. And she's got pineapple plants in pots. Hello, Bev. That's clever. <laughs> well, we had to shift them from where they were along the northern wall, which was ideal for them. Um, but I had about nine pineapples last year from them in the pots, but they're looking a bit thick on it. I've got about 20 or more um, plants in there that I've grown all from the tops, you know, cut off. Yep. 
and um, I've had some send a shoot or a shunt up and planted those. But um, I'm wondering about the watering because when they're in the ground, they said only water them like once a week. Yes, they don't require a lot of water, but uh, we've got a few in pots at the nursery and... Uh, they really do get the same kind of water as every other plant each day, so uh, they're, right. and they're in pots, you see. Right. So yeah, um, yeah pots dry out much quicker than in the ground, yeah. you know. So um, maybe that could be the problem. But how big do your fruit get in the pots? Oh, quite a nice size. Um, uh, I had one really, really the size you'd buy in the shop. Oh, really. <laughs> Yeah, the others were a little smaller, but I always leave them till they're nice and sweet. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're really nice, but uh, they they should have um, cow manure, is that right? Uh, not in pots. So what would you fertilise them with? Uh, look, I think you're better to use a slow release uh, or maybe just a liquid fertiliser. Um, uh, Flourish make one for tomato and vegetables and they also yeah. make a citrus one but I'd go for the tomato and vegetables and then and you water that over once a week but the cow manure will burn I think dear Oh right, yeah. yeah I had a bit left over and I, I read, thought I read somewhere that it put cow manure on it but uh, I just put a bit on and then watered it in but um They've had a fair bit of watering, but they're overgrown with the contrary. I have got contrary patch, right. and uh, they, they were enormous. <laughs> and I even had self-sown contrary in with the pineapple in a pot. Oh goodness! But and it you, grew you... and grew, and I, so I had to take it out and you know replant the um, the pineapple plant. But um, Bev, you know, yeah. this year we haven't. I mean, we're getting summer now. And I think it will mm. go to the end of March, perhaps. I'm, I'm a weather predictor. But, um, mm -hmm. uh, well, it's from being out in the weather so many years, yes. Greg. You know, you just get so used to um, what, mm. what it's like and what you think's coming up. But um, uh, mm. I noticed this year we have very windy weather. Yeah. Wind dries anything out in pots or hanging baskets. Yes. So maybe increase your watering a little bit, dear. Yes, I think so. The other problem I've got is, uh, I think it might be fairly general, with the uh, mango tree. Right, you've got black spot on it, haven't you? Yes, there's spots all over the leaves, but it had an enormous amount of flowers on it, and I thought, oh, they won't all hang on there. And, of course, they rapidly dried off, went black and fell. And now I can't see any, not one, not one mango. Yeah, well, that's something called anthracnose, and it needs to be sprayed with a fungicide before they start to set their fruit. Right. So you've got to wheel back a couple of months here now, and remember next year, put it on the calendar. Uh, but it won't hurt you to spray the trees now with a fungicide, because if you've got it on the leaves, you're going to get it on the fruit again. Right. So, oh, well, if I just got the fruit, that'd be good, but yeah, <laughs> it doesn't but look you, like it. You need to get it off the leaves too. So um, uh, yeah. race out and get a good fungicide, maybe copper oxychloride, mm -hmm. and give them copper a spray now. Yeah. And uh, do they need, does the, the tree need fertilising with cow or poultry manure? Or? 
Uh, yes, they do. Not with poultry. Uh, mm. Obviously, it's in the ground, I'm thinking. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'd be giving it either some slow-release fertiliser or a small amount of cow manure. Mm-hmm. Right. And how often do you think? Oh, probably twice a year. Mm-hmm. You know, you always need to fertilise when they finish fruiting, which yours really mm-hmm. have now, haven't they? Um, and then mm-hmm. prior to them getting their flowers on. Mm, that's right. It's usually a race between me and the possums to get the mangoes. But <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be as frustrated as me this year. <laughs> well, you just um, think about that. You've got to eliminate that anthracnose. Uh-huh. So Good. did you write that down, copper oxychloride? Copper oxychloride. Yep, yep that's great. Okay, right. or, or yep. even Mancozeb will do it. Right. All right, it's a big tree, so I'll have to get um, the gardeners to try and do their to, best. Yeah, because they'll need mm. to get the whole tree sprayed, dear. Mm. Okay, Dave. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Good. Bye-bye. Bye. We've got Glennis now from Merriweather, and she's got a question about staghorns. Hello, Glennis. How are you? I'm good, Judy. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. That's good. I was just listening to your um, lady with the... The 60-year-old one? My gosh, wouldn't you like to have that one? (laughs) I was just thinking, I think one's 10 years old, maybe 15 years old, and the other one I got as a baby about, probably about six years ago. The thing that um, I was told, I cannot remember who told me, um, but um, it's banana skins, they like banana skins, and if they get lucky, a whole banana. Yes, they do like banana, yeah. Yeah. Is that the potassium in them? Maybe? Yes, it would be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was a but, bit reluctant when she said they were 60 years old. Um, yeah. You know, if she's managed to keep them this long, I would imagine she yeah. was already giving them the banana. Yeah. Uh, I think... Look, mine, mine get nothing else. Um, the baby looks bigger and better than the other one. Um, it's huge, very healthy and they don't get watered all that much. They don't. Oh, right. No, I, yeah, no. imagine 60-year-old, how big it is, though. That's why imagine, I thought she was only yeah. watering it one or two days a week and yeah, it's probably yeah. looking for more, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Mine but, are in dapple shade and, look, I, I do like a bit of a water. So, you know, they get... Yeah, most days they'd get something. But um, the, the banana skin, I just like... I have a banana. I just throw the banana skin in behind them. And, um, yeah, they love it. Yeah, so, no, a lot of people do that with bananas, yeah. Mm, yeah, so, um, and, you know, when the bananas are rotten, they are lucky and they get the whole banana. So, yeah, or we yeah. could give them a dose of potassium if they're really bad. Yeah, we could, but yeah. they're very happy and uh, I'm looking at them now and they're not complaining, so I, yeah, just remembered that when, when I heard you talking about them. Thank yeah. you, Glennis. That's wonderful. I did. I had remembered about the bananas. I have to confess, but it was the yeah. age of the plant that was yeah. worrying me. I thought, oh, she must have yeah. something eating it, or you know, yeah. maybe it's just old age. My, well, <laughs> happens well, to us all, you know. <laughs> the banana skin's going to help us too much either. <laughs> no, well, she could try it. She'll be still listening probably. So thank yeah. you, Glennis, for the call. No worries, Judy. Thanks, Thank mate. you. Bye. Bye. It's Gardening Talk back on 2 RFM. If you've got a question, 49216216. And we have got Brian from Swansea, and he's got a question about mangoes. 
Hello, Brian. How are you? Good, Judy. How are you going? Yeah, very well, thank you, dear. It's um, a lovely warm day today, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those days. But, uh, Judy, I know people usually ring you up for advice. Uh, I've got some advice for you. <laughs> oh, good, good. I like that. Yeah, yeah just, just uh, the lady that was just on with the bananas. Um, I think it's... Uh, I think it's aphids, um, banana skins on the in the soil might help you get rid of because I can't remember. I think it might have been aphids on the apple tree. Anyway, I, I read up at some stage uh, aphids start in the soil because it well they can live in the soil, but but putting banana peels on the soil seemed to get rid of the problem at the time anyway. Right, so, right. Just uh, I think it was. But anyway, I remember it, it, it did the job, but um, that, that, was, that was with my apple tree. But uh, what, I, what I was really ringing about was the, um, or, or with the banana skins too, that they'll bring cockroaches, they can do that. But anyway, it was the mango tree because I had the uh, anthraxis on the, on the, what are they called, pestules or pests? The things that the mangoes grow off, I can't remember what the the um, the ends of them are called that grow the mangoes. Oh yes, but, yeah, the little flowers. The yeah, but I have yeah. the, I, I have the same thing. It, they seem to go like um, like turn to ash, and I think it was the fungus. But I think it was partly to do with the weather this season as well. But what I did, I ended up just really hosing hosing the, the ends with um, a fair bit of pressure and crumbling and breaking off all the all the black ashy bits that I think was the fungus. So I did that a few times and gave it a spray with um, uh, bicarbonate, uh, oh, potassium bicarbonate. Yes, yeah. So I sprayed the ends with, uh, I gave them a good, good hard pressure hosing um, got rid of all the black crumbly things which was all over everywhere that I had um, baby mangoes and I um, and uh, sprayed it with the, the potassium bicarbonate and I've got I've still got I've got about a dozen mangoes now on the tree that are um, just about ready to pick so oh well that was worth the effort wasn't it yes yeah, so I managed to to, um, to save it from that uh, Anthracnose? Yeah, and uh, so I didn't have to spray it with anything else. I, I didn't want to spray it with the, the, the copper or sulphur. I, I just wanted to do it naturally, but it's, it's, a, it's not a dwarf mango tree, but I've got it in a really big pot, so I'm, I'm trying to keep it, you know, at a, at a smaller level. A manageable height. That's the problem when they're in the garden. They become unmanageable. You've really got to keep them pruned down, otherwise you can't pick the fruit. Yeah, yeah, but um, that, that managed to overcome the anthracis anyway. Right, OK. Brian, thank you very much from that, uh, that message. I'm sure that our previous caller will be listening um, because the mangoes are so popular, aren't they? I love them. Yeah, yeah, this is... This, uh, this it's um, it's it's the first year that actually this this tree's got the mangoes. I, I originally cut the top off it, 
and put the put the top in another pot that, that I got mangoes off last year. But um, yeah, the bottom part of it now that that I've got is um, yeah, I'm very happy. The, the beautiful mangoes, Kensington Pride. All oh, right, excellent, excellent. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's good to hear you're growing it in a pot. That's a sensible way to do it so you can reach the fruit. Yeah, yeah, but I, I think it's getting hard to keep it in there, Judy. Oh, yeah, you might have to go bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brian, thank you. Fun. It's always good to have extra advice along the way. Ah, well, you're welcome, Judy. I, I enjoy your show. And, thank, uh, thank you, so Brian. Thanks. Do you mean when I'm here instead of Scott? <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've given Scott advice in the past and he, he didn't pass it on to you. Oh, oh, don't you worry. You know, you can imagine, can't you? He makes yeah. my life very tough, Brian, very tough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've heard him. He likes to get the credit. <laughs> thanks, Brian. It's really lovely talking to you, dear. All right, thanks a lot, Judy. Bye. Bye-bye. Cheers, Brian. You just threw Scott under the bus then. He did throw him <laughs> under the bus, didn't he? He likes to get the credit. And we've got Irene from Brightwaters, and she's got a question about finger limes. Hello, Irene. What a oh, lovely hello, suburb. Judy. Uh, yes, I've got a finger lime. It's about one and a half metres tall. Right. Uh, I suppose it's about, I don't know, six years old. Uh, the last two seasons it's flowered, but I have no fruit. And I'm just wondering, you know, is there something I should be doing? Look, maybe it needs a little bit of help with a small amount of sulphate of potash. All right, okay. I'd only give it a small amount, though, because, you know, um, uh, you don't want to burn it. Um, how old is the tree? Uh, I, I reckon probably about five, six years. Uh, it should be fruiting better than that, isn't it, in a pot or in the ground? No, it's in the ground. Right, no, we need more fruit than that. So, yep. um you know, they don't like a lot of citrus food as we give the other limes, but right. I'd be inclined to maybe just give it a tiny bit of blood and bone a couple of times a year. Right, okay. Yeah, and um, and some sulphate of potash coming up to fruiting time. Right, okay. And does it need a lot of water, Judy? I, look, I understand it's a native. Yes, it is. So does it need, you know, a huge amount of water? Well, one would like to think not, uh, but now they're being cultivated, aren't they, really, for um, right. for fruit. Uh, so I would imagine uh, during summer and spring, probably a day of water each day. Oh, right, OK. Just judge oh. it on the weather, you know. I mean, even though it hasn't been a real hot summer, yep. you know, I think we're ready for a bit of rain again at the moment. I am anyway. Yes, uh, indeed. Yeah, uh, and but it's the wind, as I said earlier on on the program. I'm finding the wind is drying my garden out. Okay, right, all right. So, so a bit of sulphate of potash. Yep, and and some blood and bone. No, not together. Oh, not together. No, 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 no. I wouldn't. I'd give them sulphate of potash now, but I wouldn't give them blood and bone until feeding time, which is in March and August. All right, okay. Oh, that's good news. Yeah. So okay. You just oh, have to well hold off. <laughs> and is it doing well out there at that lovely Bridgewater? Right? No, Bridgewater. Bright yeah, no, she's growing beautifully. Oh, that's good. Are you on the water? Yes, I am. 
Ah, uh, right, okay. I wonder if you're getting salt on it. Um, oh, could be. Mm. Could be getting salt. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> most of the most of the plants are covered in salt, but yeah. um, my um, uh, oh, what are they? Uh, Longleaf flax uh, flax uh, bushes they do really well here. Right, but you know what? Um, but you know I, where I operate in Merriweather or at yep. Bar Beach. Um, over the years, I've come come to realise the salt actually settles on the leaves, as you would have noticed with the flax. Yeah. Um, and it's when the wind comes that it burns it in. Right, okay. So I often say in salty areas that if you can hose off the foliage about once in three days... Oh, okay. ..that probably will help your finger line. Oh, right, I never gave that a thought. Yes, yeah. Well, if you're seeing salt on the flax... Yeah. It's got to be going on the finger lime, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah so absolutely. About every three days, hose the salt down. Hose right. the complete plant down. Oh, right, OK. OK. Yeah, thank you for that, Judy. Well done. You're welcome, Irene. It's been a pleasure talking to you. OK, thanks, Judy. Thank you, bye. Bye. Fam, we've still got time for a couple more calls and we've got Elrita from Madawi and she's got a question about hibiscus. Hello, Elrita. Hi, Judy. Uh, yes, I've got some hibiscus and it, they're getting a lot of yellow leaves and the buds are dropping off um, before they even flower. Um, and I've got something eating the leaves, which I've gone out there in the, at night with a torch trying to find what it is, but <laughs> I haven't had any luck. Well, there is a little um, snail that is indicative to hibiscus and if you get some confidor and spray it, I think you'll eliminate them. All right, and okay. And Confidor's the only product that does it because right. they don't okay. come down to the ground to eat the snail bait. Uh, uh -huh. But the yellowing, is it wants cow manure and it wants, right. and it wants more water. Oh, right, okay. Mm. But it's definitely the cow manure that makes the leaves go nice and green again. Okay, and so what would the buds dropping off? Would that be more water, is it? No, I think, um, well, it could be that, but I wouldn't be surprised if you've got the little high beet, the hibiscus beetle or the snail. Right, okay, so the confidor will definitely, fix that up. It definitely will, yes. Okay. And you All don't right, have to great. buy a spray if you don't like spraying. They come in a little tablet that you put in the ground. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, if you, you're opposed to spraying, that's a good way to do it. Okay, great. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay. Thanks, <laughs> okay, Rita. Thank you. Thank, thank you very you. much. Bye-bye. We've got Troy now from Largs, and he's got tiny pests on his petunias and red robins. Oh, Troy. What, at, at this late in the season, you've got pests on the petunias? Hello? Okay. Yeah, yep. What do they look like, darling? Um, they're these tiny little green bugs. I mean, they're very minute, um, and they're only on the brand new red foliage coming through the red robin petunias. Yep. Um, and yeah, I've gone out this morning and just had another look at them, and they're back in, you know, large numbers again. Right. Okay. Um, but, and now. you can you can squish them with your fingers, and they sort of, you know, they they, they you can get them off quite easy, but um, they seem to be returning every day. And tell me something, um, 
could you describe them as being a green ladybird? Um, no, they're quite. They're a lot smaller than a ladybird. They're, um, they've got like a quarter like, of the size. Like flappy wing things. No, no. no. Right. Okay. I was thinking you had calypso bug, which you spray okay. with carbaryl, and it's prevalent at the moment. Yeah. Uh, all right. Do they eat like a serrated edge around the leaf? No, no. They sort oh. of turn, turn the leaf. This sort of leaf just closes up and then just turns brown, and then they sort of just disappears. Right. Okay. Look, I think I'd still try the carbaryl. Okay. Yeah. Um, sometimes I need to see it, you know, uh, if you want to send in a photo or something. But I think if you spray with carbaryl, you'll definitely solve the problem. All right, then. I'll give, give that a go. Okay. Thank you for the call. Thanks for your help. Bye. We might be able to fit in Ken from Brankston. He's got a question about pawpaws. I hope we can. Hi, Ken. Hello. How are you going? Very well, thank you. Having fun. <laughs> That's a shot. Um, I got some uh, mother-in-law's tongues from somebody and I, and I split them all up and this uh, plant was in the centre of them. I thought it was a castor oil plant, but it's not. It's, it was a pawpaw. Oh, well, now right. It's, um, <laughs> now it's uh, over two metres tall and I've, got, I've had a pawpaw on it for 12 months and I've got another pawpaw on it that's come on just recently, you know, like last month or two, but the first pawpaw has gone yellow now, so it would be right to pick. It definitely would. Definitely right can, yeah. Okay, now I've got it in a pot and I want to transplant it. When would be the best time? I was waiting oh. for the fruit to come off so I could transplant it, but well, the, no, if one's you, ready, the next one's come up. You're right on the ball. You will transplant it after it fruits. Yes, but the, that, the, the yellow one has been on it for 12 months oh. and this other one's just come up and and I don't know whether to transplant it with that one on or wait another 12 months. Well, I'd, I'd pick your big one and then transplant it with the little one on. Righto, no worries, okay. okay. And, and I have another question about uh, water hibiscus. You'd have to be quickly because we're You've coming got about up. 10 seconds. To, yes. <laughs> yeah, well, it just comes up every year and it's in the same pot and I want to transplant it and I just wait, wait for the flowers and that to go and then put it into another pot? Yes, that's definitely... You wait till they finish flowering always. We're going to have yeah, to cut okay, it off there. Thanks very much for that. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.